Hey everybody, welcome to Bagna Broadcast episode number 312. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, the books that are coming out August 24th, 2016. We follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're taking a look back at one of our favorite things. And no, this isn't a trade paperback or a comic book. This is actually Justice League Unlimited. Um, we've been talking about doing this for a while, but we're going to be going over some of our favorite Justice League Unlimited episodes and just why this is a cartoon that we keep kind of going back to. Man, and it sounds like this bug keeps on coming back to inflict one of our members here, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I oh. had the little seasonal affliction that took John out of the running uh, a couple weeks ago now. Nice. You, you're in for it because I had it for, and I still pretty much, like my glands are still swollen in my throat. Like I've had it for like I've, almost I've had four a cough weeks. for the past couple of days, and I've been runny, and it's gross. Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't last four weeks like me. Ugh. Ugh. For a month. But One you month. know what always helps uh, <laughs> the the throat and the cold. Uh, that is having some beers. Ah, and this is a uh, Dogfish Heads Palo Santo Maron. Uh, this is a malt beverage aged in solo. Uh, Palo Santo wood. What is Palo Santo wood? I'm asking. It's um, it's a they they do this series um every couple of years and they make big uh vats for aging beer in different specialty woods. Yeah. Um. And so this is a 12 percent brown ale that is aged in these giant wood um vats. It, it's apparently a uh, Paraguayan uh type of wood that they harvest from the exotic. Paraguay. Uh, one of the reading yeah. it from the bottle. One of the reasons I grabbed this is because it says that it ages well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try it. Um, we've aged a couple dogfish head things and really liked it. Um, so I thought we could age this brownie. I'll see how it comes out. Um, tasting this, it says you know you look for vanilla and caramel. You get mm-hmm. those. Do you get a little teriyaki on this? Um, no, not yet. No. My first couple sips, I was getting teriyaki. I don't know if I just, you know, first thing in the morning and all of a sudden I'm getting this big beer, but... Um, I'm getting a hit, you know, a little alcohol on it. Uh, it says that the, these are 10,000 gallons each, these wooden barrels that they're making. So I can't imagine a lot of the beers actually in contact with the wood, but they're also saying it's the largest wooden brewing vessels built in America since before the Prohibition. Mm. So that's kind of crazy. For 12%. The American Prohibition, by the way, not the Canadian Prohibition, which lasted three days. For 12%, it's not like a destroyer hot alcohol to it. But it is a slow sipper. A lot of times Mm -hmm. when we drink high alcohol beers, (laughs) on occasion we'll knock them down a little quicker than you should. Uh This one keeps you from doing that. I mean, we've had this open for a half hour to 40 minutes while we've been sitting there and We've just been taking sips of it. Mm-hmm. I almost get uh, splinters, you know, after it, uh, you know, that alcohol, that high alcohol kind of like dryness, and then it's that kind of woody aftertaste. You yeah. know, it's not a bad beer. It's not bad. Uh, it's like fourteen ninety nine for a four pack. So I mean, it's a little up there, but you're getting something that's a a bigger kind of. And you're putting uh, beer. You're, you're taping this up. You're putting some electrical tape on one of these beers and yeah, keeping them in your cellar. For I have um, I have one in the cellar. I didn't I didn't know mm-hmm. with that price. 
uh, somebody had broken into it, so it was on like the craft pack wall, oh. and there were two there. So I grabbed two of them, just said, you know, what? I'll um, I've been eyeing this up, and let's have one, and then and then sell her the other one. During this week, I was uh, I'm sorry, Chris, I'm going to sign I'm I'm side lining all over the place. Uh, I was irate because I had that one uh six pack of just peachy. Chris, you remember us having that on the or me having that on the not episode, and me really enjoying it. Yes. And I was saving two other bottles for a really nice hot day, or uh, the five other bottles. And then I go to take out that uh, six-pack, and half of it is their blueberry wheat. Oh, somebody so, screwed you. So I had two bottles of just peachy left instead of the five that I thought. Oh, man. Oh, I was so annoyed. I was, I was livid. I'm like, damn it, Wegmans, or damn it, grocery store that I go to to purchase beer sometimes. Uh I'm going to stop because they, the one that I go to, they can't keep those bottles. They don't check. Like it's just a madhouse. Some of those things, there. I mean, it's tough because it looks like the exact same. <laughs> it looks exactly the same, uh-huh. and people are shady. Yeah. Like it, where I work, we're trying mm-hmm. to catch a guy who is taking. He's taking three, four packs. He's taking the beer we're drinking right now. Uh-huh. Weyerbacher's barley wine and was grabbing the um, uh, Devil Dancer, <sighs> taking them out of the four packs and then putting them in two six packs of Southern Tier IPA to pay eight ninety nine, and going through line and either just leaving the bottles in the four packs or uh-huh. putting them onto a craft pack wall and just throwing the four packs away. So like, there's people out there who are really shady, and this uh-huh. guy does it. A lot. Like we <laughs> yeah, are, yeah, like yeah. searching security tapes, trying to figure out when he does this and how he's getting, uh-huh. you know, how he's getting through the line and everything. But it's like, you know what? If you want those beers so bad, pay the price. You like the brewery, do it. You know, like mm-hmm. stop being such a creep. Ugh. At least you know this is just somebody like, oh, I want half and half. But I didn't want half and half. I wanted a full six. Right. You know. And it's the same, basically the same price point, but, so I'm not like out any money really, but I already had a six pack of blueberry. And I don't have that much of my beer. Um, I just have a bomber sized bottle, and this is Left Hand Brewing's Rye on the Prize. This is an Imperial Red Rye Ale. Um, I picked this up, I want to say it was like $12.99 for the bottle. It wasn't too bad. Uh, Left Hand Brewing is one of those places that I will consistently go back to because they put out enough stuff that I like. Um, this one, it's not bad. I'm getting a nice little bit of a rye on it. But when I was looking at the bottle in our pre-recording, I realized it says enjoy it at about 50 to 55 degrees. This has been sitting in my beer closet, um, which is at room temperature, which here is about 70. So I did want to chill it down a little bit. So I put the rest of the bottle into the fridge. So I'll go back to it later in the episode when we're talking about some other stuff. But I mean, Right off the bat, it's a nice drinkable beer. Um, sitting at 8%, it's something that you can drink. It doesn't feel too heavy for an Imperial. Uh, when I saw that, I thought this was going to be a much bigger boy. Mm-hmm. But I, I dig it. Um, I think it's only going to get better. Nice. That does sound good. I had a rye yesterday that I really liked. I forgot from who. Brooklyn. Oh, it was from Brooklyn. Oh, did I check in? Yeah. I was checking in everything this morning. And I like that. That's uh, I want to riot. And that was pretty good. Nice. And I like the uh, 
I think I think Rybears, you have a good amount of puns that you can make. <laughs> I mean, Ryan the Prize. We had Raya the Tiger before. Yeah. Riot. Um, and I do want to say, Chris, this year, Samurai. Uh, Samurai was good. Uh, Chris, this year, Pumpkin is delicious. Oh, it is good. It's it? really okay. good. Nice, this year. nice and spicy. I, I think we talked about this off the show last week. Um, it's all out here now, so it's something that I figured I would just wait on because they had it for so long last year that I can just go buy the bottles on sale pre-aged and enjoy them then. But it's definitely something worth picking up now. Yes. Okay. Um, I had the pump kick from New Belgium was really good. I, I enjoyed that one a lot. Like I finished the rest of my six-pack uh, of that one throughout the week after we had recorded. And every time I went back to it, I was just like, wow, this is a really solid pumpkin beer. Um. Paul and I both went to beer fest. I went to one on Friday. He went to one on Saturday. John went to the better one. I went to the better one. Um, and it was not crowded at all. It was really nice. And there was food trucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't have food trucks. Like, there was, like, two, like, of those stupid carnival stands where you can get fries. And that's about it. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? What are you doing? And you gotta pay for it. Yeah. It's six you, you bucks. pay for the food trucks. Yeah, but, but a food truck for six dollars goes a lot farther than I got eggplant parm from the chef's one for six fifty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nice. Versus a plate of French fries for six bucks, you know, and it's like, ugh. But um, yeah, I went there. I had invited Paul. Paul had plans, and he was going to the oh, one on Saturday. Yeah, so uh, to the better one though. I got free tickets. I, I got free tickets at work too, so he could have gone for free. Uh, um, but. When we went down the line and I saw pumpkin, I was like, "All right, I'll I'll get the pumpkin. See how it is this year." And just was like, "Oh man, this is so good." Because I feel like the last two years it hasn't been on. Yeah, it hasn't been on. And this was what I want and remember of my pumpkin. And um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you saw it, Paul, and you got to try it. And yeah, it was yeah. a Paul, success. Do you, do you corroborate his story? I do. It's it's very good. Yeah. It's. It's one of those beers that you're like, okay, yeah, this is why I liked it so much. Like, I was starting to forget. I'm like, you know, it's just so kind of weak and, you know, it has a little vanilla. It's got some yammy taste. It's not really pumpkin. And then I'm like, ooh, nice and spicy. I wouldn't want to age this one because I don't want to lose any of that flavor. No. Okay, well, you guys twisted my arm. I'll buy some tomorrow and I'm on my way home from work. Fine. um, It's Ah. one of those things where, yeah, I, I want to drink it in September, though. Yeah. I, I, and it's, the price isn't too bad. It's thirteen ninety nine for a four pack mm-hmm. or seven forty nine for a bomber. I would do, go with the bomber at seven forty nine because if I'm cracking that open, I'm finishing that bomber. Yeah, but if you see, if I, you I were like to buy... getting the six packs of it because then I can like drink four of them and then just put two on the side that I will drink a few months later. Is it a four it's, pack it's a or four a six? Pa- yeah, it's a four, four pack. pack. Oh, I thought it was a six pack. No, it's a four. But what's nice is like you can have like you can have a bottle of it. And then be like, you know what? I'm going to save this for tomorrow. You can't do that if you drink a glass. You drink a glass from a growler, and then you have that there. You're like, oh, now I got to finish it. And it's such a, it's a big beer at what 10, percent you yeah. know. And I think if you got two, if you got two bombers, it would be more expensive than getting the four pack. Yeah, but, but you're you're making it sound like it's a, oh, I got to drink the whole thing. I, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> And you don't have anyone you have to share it with. Yeah. I have someone I have to share. I would with. share it with Kate. I think Kate would enjoy it. Kate's like, especially. I really enjoyed going to the um, even the bad, this bad, you know, 
worse uh, brew fest with with my wife Kate because this is when she learned that no brewery people are awesome, wine people kind of suck because they also had wine at this one, but you had to have a different wristband and they were being all snobbish and like the uh, woman from Founders she. I think she might have been from Founders. She's like, yeah, you know, we love it. And she's, and I'm like, talked about, you know, how I was there, you know, visiting Chris, uh, and how I loved the, just the whole setup. And she's like, yeah, the outside patio during the fall when it's cold, those heaters are oh, so, so nice. nice. Like, I, you can be out there, like, in the middle of January, and if the heaters are on, you're fine. And it's awesome to be drinking a really nice, dark, you know, a backwards bastard. And I'm like, yeah, it's always nice to drink one of those, <laughs> you know, out there, like watching the snowfall next to a heater and feeling nice and warm. And you're just warm from the beer. You're warm because of the heater, but you're watching the snow come down and you have live music going on. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And just, we're talking. And she's like, hey, honey, did you, you want some beer? And Kate's like, well, I got the pink. She's like, it doesn't matter. Come over here. What kind of beer do you want? Well, like uh, the beer fest I went to, they gave you a sheet of 20 tickets mm-hmm. and you give a ticket for a drink. And even there was a local distillery that we have here that was making cocktails for one ticket. And, um, we like, you'd be like going through and you're like, Oh yeah, you have a cup for the things. And they'd just be like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And Ellicottville actually turned their bucket over and mm-hmm. wasn't accepting any tickets <laughs> for their beers. Uh, so it was, it was nice. I think the best beers I had, uh, Southern tears, mm-hmm. pumpkin, Lagunitas, uh, stupid wit, delicious. I mm. can't wait to pick it up in six packs and drink the shit out of that beer. I really loved it. I and thought, it's, it's a wit. <laughs> I really enjoyed the Empire Brewery's uh, White Afro. No, it's a wit. It's a spiced wit, I think. And yeah, it's a wit. It's a lavender, ginger, orange peel, it's, I believe. Yeah, lemon peel. And it's got a lot going on, like John was com- kind of complaining about. But I liked it quite a bit. And the uh, pers- the server from Empire was actually from Empire, which was oh, nice. really nice. And she talked about the whole new farm that they have. Everything they're producing now is farm to table. It's like they nice. got tw- uh, sixty acres, wow. I think, or twenty acres, like in the split, like between hops and barley. So basically, they're producing it all there. Unlike when we first went to visit them in Syracuse for your 30th birthday four years ago. Yeah. When we took the tour and they were all on just pellets. That was just my birthday. It wasn't yeah. my... That was like 28. 28 or 29? Yeah. And, uh okay, so five, six years ago. And they were just doing everything on pellets and everything. This is now... They grow their own hops. They're growing their own barley. They're doing it all. And it looks like, you know, they showed a little... They gave, you know, showed us a little map of their thing and kate and i are excited to kind of go there and check it all out we had a um they got a brew pub in there now we had a brew pub here in buffalo Mm short-lived remember the place where we went and i told this i told the uh i was 21 paul is 20 and the waitress came up and i was like i'll have a beer but these two are underage Mm -hmm. and uh paul really got pissed at me about that because they had a sashmo (laughs) stout and you know me i love me some Sashmo. I love Louis Armstrong. So uh, Stout, one of my favorite uh, beers at that time, because I only liked the Stouts, I hated IPAs, named after Sashmo, just seemed like it would no. be right up my alley. Yeah, and that place closed. Yep. Empire came in, and then Empire closed. Yeah, it was. It's on that weird part of Main Street where it was like you couldn't really park near it. No. So it's like, wasn't a good... It was before its time. Before its time. It was. It was... Um... Is before the craft beer boom too. Mm-hmm. So 
All right, but hey, uh, that's some good beer talk we had. Yeah, Why because don't... there's so much movie news to get into, guys. <laughs> or, uh, so much, uh, news. Just news? Yeah. So much news to get into. Uh, there was two things, right? One, one. We had two things. One, Vin Diesel, the other, Runaways, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Vin Diesel's joining the cast of Runaways. Wait, no, <laughs> that wasn't. Nah, that's. But Baby Groot will be part of Run, no, that's not a, uh, yeah, Runaways, uh, Hulu has picked up a, or requested a pilot be made for Runaways. Uh, which is kind of weird because Marvel's been in Legion, been in bed with, been with Netflix this whole time. They've been Netflix and chilling for all their movie or their television kind of stuff. So I'm surprised that Hulu is actually getting, uh, dibs on a See, pilot. I don't think it's that strange when, I mean, Disney and ABC do have a relationship with Hulu already to get their shows on there Mm. Um, and i think what we're going to see is something completely different from what we get with those netflix shows i think this is going to be a little bit more um like all audiences i think it's a little bit more accessible while with the netflix shows those are really dark Mm -hmm. so dark that paul won't even watch them um and i think this is kind of a good distinguisher between what what runaways could be um, I don't want to say what it will be because who who knows? Like you know, it could be something completely different. But I think this is a good indicator of the kind of tone that we would be getting from that show. I think that Marvel too probably has like a list of stuff that's in line for what they have mm-hmm. for Netflix, what they think they can do for ABC, and then have this other kind of group of stuff that you know, like oh yeah, you want to invest in this? Come take a look. And Hulu is just probably like. Hey, we'll take this off of this list, kind of a thing. Yeah. And what's weird is ABC. You know, they didn't pick up the uh, Agents of Shield's most wanted. You know, even though that was like greenlit, and then suddenly they dropped it off, and now ABC's like, "Hey, can we get a Star Wars show? We would like a Star Wars show." Can we, instead just, of people- just because they're saying that it's something that they would like doesn't mean it's yeah. something that they have to go ahead with. Um, look at. The Titan show that was going to be on TNT or TBS mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, they greenlit it. They started working on it and then they're like, it's, it's just not good. Yeah. And I can't remember where I read <laughs> Coming it, from the studio that t- had Witchblade on for five seasons. <laughs> but the same, <laughs> the same thing happened with Marvel's Most Wanted. Like ABC was going ahead with it and they're like, hey, you know what? This just, this just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So, so they canned it. And I think that's, it's crummy, but ultimately that's a better move than just going ahead with it and putting it out there for, you know, the partial season that you might get before you start moving it around and then it just ultimately disappears from the schedule altogether. No, I agree. And the um, other, I'm, go ahead, bud. Sorry. No, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to move it over to the next bit, bit of news. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to runaways. This is one of those things that I've always said. I would love as a TV show. Uh, I, I think just the story of the kids on the run uh, w- would work well in that kind of episodic format. Uh, this is actually being brought to life by, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to find the guy's name, uh, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, who worked on television before on the OC. Oh. Um, and Josh Savage is a big comic book fan. Um, and, they kind of moved into the OC with Seth Cohen uh, 
being a comic book nerd, the main character of that. Also with Alan Heinberg writing yep. that too. Um, my hopes for this though is since, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, the creator of Runaways has worked with ABC before, he kind of has that in with Marvel television. Wait, what did he work with, uh, on, uh, it was ABC on? Lost. Oh. He was executive producer of that. Maybe he could have some sort of input on this as like an executive producer or something. Like, those rows have kind of already been laid out for him, so I think it would be really cool for him to kind of dip his feet back into television, since he has shifted away from that back to comics with Saga and the other we things. stand on guard and whatever else he's doing yeah, right he's now. He's, he's, got, he's got a couple private paper eyes. girls. Paper, paper girls, yeah, private eyes. Um, and also, he's also working, aren't they still working on um, Why the Last Man TV show or movie thing? That keeps on... Who even knows where that is in that right. Hollywood hell? Right. So, uh, yeah, no, it'd definitely be a show that would be, I think, I think it would do really well. Mm-hmm. I, four, four to five seasons tops. That's all I'd want because even the comic got long in the tooth. I think so. I think that'd be smart. But I do want to see, uh, Victor show up. Like, yeah. that's why I'm like four to five because I like Victor or Victor San, what, what? Victor Sanchez, uh, the son of Ultron, <laughs> or is he son of Doctor Doom? Who knows? But it turned out he was spoilers, son of Ultron, right? Yeah, it was, it was Ultron. It was Ultron. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is something I think could get like a, I'd say three seasons, and I'd be happy. Yeah. I, what's nice too is it's Hulu, so it's not going to be drawn out. They're going to do six mm-hmm. episodes probably per season. So even if it's just six episodes, you could get a couple more seasons out of that if they mm-hmm. did it right. And that's I'm just guessing that's yeah. six episodes. That's mostly <laughs> most of the time when they do these original things, they do small seasons. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so it won't suffer. It just the- has some like really fun characters that I think could be awesome if they are brought to life properly. Now, what about the kid that's a raptor? Was that a kid that was a raptor or somebody's pet that was a raptor? No, someone's pet. That was a Gertz. Would you guys raptor? Would you guys be fine if they didn't have that character? Because I I I want Gert. Yeah, I I want Gert, and if I have Gert, I feel like I should have old lace there. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because her parents were time travelers, you know, that's what they brought to the table as part of the pride, the uh, group of villains who's um the characters like the runaways are all children of. Yeah, but the, my my thing is like you don't Hulu doing an episode with a raptor that's a pet that's pretty present present in every episode. I think that would get expensive. Would you they want could, computer or would they, you want like a practical that Marvel money behind them? Um, what else does Hulu have that's exclusive to them? Like they they make it. Uh, they did like Quick Draw. They did the Wrong Man's. They've done oh, uh, Deadbeat, Deadbeat. Not a lot of like, not a lot of computer effects in those episodes. Now with the with the greatness that is Stranger Things, only four episodes deep. Um, I would love to see Runaways in the 1980s. <laughs> Just saying. You gotta make, it, a, make it a period piece. You gotta have put a, these kids in the eighties. You really gotta have a good creative team and a good like people who are gonna spend the money because mm-hmm. 
Because Stranger right Things, they spent the money for mm-hmm. that show. But this is this is Hulu, and this is them getting that Marvel property. This could this could be huge for them. So I think they would probably be willing to spend that money just to get those viewers. I mean, I had a Hulu account. I got rid of it a while ago because I haven't had need for it. But you know what? Runaways comes out. Yeah, I'm I'm resubbing for that. <laughs> and I will steal your password. <laughs> all right any other uh oh yeah we said the other news vin diesel came out and said uh guardians of the galaxy the characters will be appearing in some fashion in uh avengers infinity war uh yeah i think like some of the news that came out that was like rocket and star lord were definite they were going to be in it Mm -hmm. and then vin diesel being asked, I don't think he knew, was like, no, no, we're looking forward, we're going to be in it, kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and then there's like, oops, I didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it's I, so I cannot out. imagine you making that movie without Guardians of the Galaxy in it, mm-hmm. especially since the villain that's going to be the thing through it is a villain that has been shown in the Guardians movies. It's been shown in the Marvel movies and, you know, Avengers and all that. Mm-hmm. So they've got the tie together of the main villain. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to be in space. Like, <laughs> it Avengers just makes sense. I never, space. I never thought they weren't going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think this was even hyped up as the culmination of the entire Marvel Universe. Like, this is what everything was coming to. So, of course, Guardians would be a big part of that. No. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other bit of news we have is our bracket news. Paul. Oh. The winner. The top grossing movie over three weeks period of its life, or of its release, is uh, Finding Dory with $372.2 million over three weeks, which beat out the other bracket uh, semi-finalist which was our finalist which was Captain America Civil War which had 35.7 million dollars so almost by a uh, by a 15 million dollar margin roughly uh, Finding Dory comfortably wins our bracket which means that out of the three hosts that John the only one and uh, out of the hosts here to pick Finding Dory to be the overall winner Wins the bracket uh, challenge uh, with 11 points. I'm in second with 10 points. Chris is in ninth with uh, oh, nine. Is, is, is in third with nine. nine. Yeah, exactly. Is in third with nine points. Uh, and uh, back in April, we had Jonathan on our show, um, our fan. Jonathan, we cannot find your list. So if you can find it and send it to us, um, we'll tally it up and find out where you uh, come in on this. Because you were a pretty good mix between... What Paul and I had, so mm-hmm. you might be somewhere tying one of us or in the lead with twelve. Yeah, uh, and uh, for those playing along at home, the silent majority, uh, we will. Uh, I will post the uh, finalized bracket with the uh, totals, the number totals, uh, soon, sometime during this week. No promises, <laughs> but soon. Never promise anything. Yeah, uh, and that will get us over into. The list, the comic books that we are looking forward to, coming out August 24th, 2016. Hey, Paul. Hey, John. What 
do you think Chris is looking forward to? I think he's looking forward to something. Did he mention it? No, he didn't show? tell okay, us good. at all. I didn't. Oh, good. I, I it's a surprise. Ooh. Uh, I think it's uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth number one. Uh, no, I'm going to say Teen Titans. Titans number two? Number two. No, you're, you're closer. Is uh, it I'm t- actually looking to Blue Beetle Rebirth number Ooh. one. That's and good. It's written oh. by Keith Giffen with art by Scott Collins. Um, Keith Giffen's one of the co-creators of Jamie Reyes, or Jaime Reyes, if you want to say it that way, uh, when he came out of the Infinite Crisis crossover at DC in the early 2000s. Um, drawn Scott Collins, one of the artists who was on Flash when I actually first started getting into Flash. He worked with Jeff Johns on that. Um, I don't know, I've been really enjoying the rebirth stuff that's been coming out. Blue Beetle is one of those characters that I constantly just have that affinity for, even though I'm not really reading him ever. I like what he brings to the table in the DC universe, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be picking this one up. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, what I think is great is that Keith Giffen, every time they bring Blue Beetle back, he's on the book. I mean, mm-hmm. when they originally launched him out of, uh, the big crossover back in the day, he was on it. And then, you know, then the book went away. They brought it back with the new 52. Who's on the book? Keith Giffen. Mm-hmm. Bringing it back another time. Who's on it? Keith Giffen. This is a guy who knows the character. And every time I think he writes it, he writes that character well. And he delivers a good, fun book. He knows what the character and the story should be and delivers it. And I think that's what's great about the character. I always want to read it, but I always forget to or... I'm going to pick it up and trade, and then I forget to pick it up and trade. I never get around <laughs> to it. And that's kind of my own, my own fault for that. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this book. I always liked, uh, Blue Beetle, James, uh, Jaime Reyes when he showed up in All Yeah Titans, because he would always be talking to his backpack. And I, I thought that was funny. Is that a cartoon? It was the, uh, yeah. well, the, it was a very, yeah. Uh, Kid-based, kid-friendly, all-ages book that. Uh, oh, I forgot who they who was. Oh, doing it was uh, Art Balthazar. Yeah. And oh, what's his name? Art Franco. Art Franco. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Franco and Balthazar. And they, it was just a fun, goofy book that I enjoyed. Uh, but not as much as I enjoy John's picks for the list. I am looking forward to a new number one. This is coming from Dark Horse Comics. And this is King's Way West. This is a Chinese gunslinger who has been released from prison after a 13-year stint, who is now on the search for his former wife. Uh, but what's interesting about this is the Old West is filled with magic and monsters and all crazy different things. And this is him going through this world trying to find his wife. Sounded fun, sounded interesting. I really like the cover. It's a cowboy with a dragon on his shoulder and a kind of uh, Asian woman in Asian garb holding a glowing sword who looks like she might be pregnant. So I was like, ah, this book looks like it's got everything for me. <laughs> pregnant Asian ladies, dragons, swords, guns. Wow. Yummy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Paul, what are you looking forward to? Wonder Woman? Yeah, Wonder Woman, number five. Uh, this is uh, part three of The Lies. This is the 
current this tale. You know how they're flipping back and forth between the even issues are the uh, like uh, almost origin, you know, first years kind of Wonder Woman stories, and the, the odd numbers are the current day stories where Wonder Woman is trying to figure out um, why her lasso of truth isn't working as well as it used to, and uh, what lies she has been fed, and what she, you know, trying to figure out. It's a classic Wonder Woman story now, and I'm going to say it's classic even though it's only been around for like the past 15 years of Wonder Woman trying to figure out who she is. It's like, it's, I think it's becoming a little old hat now, but, uh, it's Greg Rucka writing it, so I trust in Rucka. And it's been okay so far. It's one of those ones where I really need to sit down, I kind of want to sit down and read it as a trade more than anything else because it is being broken up between the past story and the current story, it uh, it's a little making it a little harder for me to really enjoy one or the other. That's uh, this is one of those books. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one, and I haven't followed up on it. Uh, I've been really spotty with my comic book reading recently. I still have to buy my mm-hmm. books from last week. I've just been terrible. I, I just bought my books from the last week today, so I will probably be buying them mid episode. <laughs> okay, got to. Hey, we got some uh, other beers to pour and something dramatic coming up, right? Oh, I, I have to introduce it. And now... Who's the, reading it? Chris's. We never said. Oh. I couldn't. I didn't remember. Chris, okay, hold on. We're going to figure this all out. All right, we got to figure it out. And now, the Bagden Boardcast proudly presents a dramatic reading from Supergirl, number one, page 12, panel three. You speak Kryptonian? The real with my father. Zara Zorel, father ruined my life, kill you. And that was a dramatic <laughs> reading <laughs> that killed John. Oh my god. From Supergirl number one, page <laughs> page twelve, <laughs> panel three. Take a sip of that beer. Maybe it'll help. Chrissy. Are you drinking another beer? Um, I'm still waiting on my other one to chill a little oh. bit more. Okay. Well, then we can get right into our main topic, because I'm sure we'll have Maybe a lot of... Maybe another one. You can go into it, and I'll just tell you to pause while I finish this one and go get it. Yeah. Okay. So we are drinking from Stone Brewery. This is their Mocha IPA. This is a Wait, double... Mocha IPA? Mocha IPA. This is a double IPA brewed with uh, cocoa and coffee. This is 9%, and this is delicious. This is definitely an IPA. You get coffee. You get the cocoa. It's just a super well-balanced beer. It's delicious. That's not something you normally expect from Stone. It's something that's (laughs) well-balanced. Yeah, well-balanced and Stone usually don't go hand-to-hand. But, yeah, I was like when I first took a sip, I'm like, oh, this is all IPA. What what should I? Hey, what? Hello there, cocoa nibs. Hello, other flavors. Hello, my mouth isn't just completely dry and harsh. Um, this is actually this is this is really good, like really good. Uh, yeah, it's it's a very nice, nice. beer. Um, fifteen ninety nine for a six pack. Um, you have to probably it's you know it says enjoy by October for this beer. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's a little, it's more kind of multi IPA up front. 
And then, like, towards the mid-palate back is when that chocolate and coffee hit. Coffee lingers, and then when the coffee goes away, it's a malty IPA back. Like, it's really, really good. I would recommend this. Anyone who loves IPAs, anyone who likes coffee, this is probably the best um, coffee beer I've had that hasn't been a stout. Um, Saranac right now has a coffee lager, which is really good, but it is just like drinking an iced coffee. Yeah, like, that heavy kind of like milky. Yeah. It's good though, but it's like, oh, you know what? If I'm going to drink a beer, I kind of want a beer that tastes like a beer. If I want an iced coffee, mm-hmm. I want an iced coffee because I want the caffeine. Right. Uh, and then Rogue has a um, cold brew IPA. Which is good, but it's not as good as this. The cold brew is nice, but it's like, is that bitter I'm getting on the end from coffee or IPA? Uh, it's not as flavorful as this beer. I've only had, on Untapped, I'm, I'm starting to check into Untapped again. It's, it's a three-year cycle with me. <laughs> I only have 247 unique beers. I just need to go through, like, log in, like, uh, just click on one of your lists and, and then just go through and be like, yes, I had that, and then rate all of my beers as well. Yeah, because my distinct beers is 1,268. Mm-hmm. And Chris is over 1,000. I don't know what mine is. I'm going to double check it quick. Uh, I don't think I'm over 1,000. You have 1,053. Oh, you're looking at it? Yep. Okay. 1,722 total check-ins. Wow. And 25 friends. But you guys all have more friends than me, so that's not surprising. Most of those people are people I don't know, too. John has 30 friends. Oh, my goodness. One of them is a Swedish man I met on my honeymoon. He's a nice guy. I have 13 friends. My first friend on here, Chris Roy. Second friend, Paul McGowan. That makes sense. <laughs> Just makes sense. All right. What also makes sense <clears throat> is... uh. Me talking about my next beer. Yeah. And by my next beer, I mean a beer that I had earlier on the show. Like I said, I was going to put this in the refrigerator, let it cool down, get it to that temperature that they say it's best to drink at. Um, and this is still left-hand brewing's rye on the prize. And, yeah, chilling it down brings out a lot more of that rye flavor, but it's not overpowering at all. It's still severely drinkable. I'm, I really enjoy this. Kind of wish I had had it chilled before, but, you know, it's one of those things you learn. No. <clears throat> Sounds good. I- I'm excited. It's, I it's like really rice. Good. I would say, I mean, since it's left hand, you guys <clears throat> can probably find it there, too. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I'm, it's really pleasant. I need to make a beer stop at the premiere, but it's been so hot. Like, normally I go to premiere uh, during my lunch break, but I don't want to keep all that beer in the car. Yeah. Like, that over yeah. like three, four hours. So, yeah. You should just stop on your way home. It's opposite way from my way home from work. Not always. Not if you you make it your way home. <laughs> no. Um, no, I stopped there the other day because I was hanging out with some people. And um, it was hard for me because I was looking. When I look for the show, it's mm-hmm. different than me looking to go have a drink with just friends mm-hmm. as we sit around and do something. And uh, I had such a hard time because I kept seeing stuff being like... No, that's for Paul and me. That's for the show. That's not just a 
get a new beer and drink it mm-hmm. hanging out. And I ended up getting some of the Lord Hobo stuff, which is really good. I don't know Lord Hobo. Oh, Paul. Next week is a Lord Hobo day for us. <laughs> okay. What's the Lord Hobo? What it's brewery? The, it's a, the brewery is Lord Hobo. And, okay. Uh, one of their beers is called, it's canned, and it's, mm-hmm. the beer is called Steal This Can. <laughs> okay. Uh, they really make good IPAs. That's After, kinda... uh, what, what was it? <clears throat> uh, not, the... uh, what's the name of the group? The Down with the Sickness group? What? Oh, um, System of a Down. System of a Down. A yeah, Steal the CD. Steal this album. Uh, the Suicide Machines, the punk band had an, uh, record called, like, Steal This, like, out, like, Steal This Record or something. Hmm. It's common. Yeah. But they make really, they make really nice beers. So we'll, we'll do that next time. I'm always glad Chris is here to set me straight with music stuff because right. I don't know right, anything. Yeah, I, I always need Chris for that. <clears throat> You're welcome. Thank you. Anytime. And one of the things that Paul has been championing for years and years and years and years yeah. is the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Uh, because I believe, okay. Chris, you and I sat down to watch the first just Justice League cartoon when that came out. And we were a little disappointed in it. It seemed kind of like a just a cheap cartoon. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad, but ultimately it wasn't that great. Uh, and it wasn't... And that's a surprise because coming off of stuff like Batman the Animated Series, which was just stellar, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what kind of cheapened it. I blame Superman Adventures, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, it's had a good five years between uh, Batman the Animated Series and the Justice League cartoon. It wasn't like there were one right after each one right after each other. So uh, this was an early 2000s cartoon series on the fledgling Cartoon Network. It was produced just for the Cartoon Network. It wasn't on the WB like uh or uh, Fox like the old Batman series was. So um, and the Superman to- and Batman Hour was on WB. Mm-hmm. When that switched over, uh, but so it was a, on just a cable network, and this is before cable networks had things like The Walking Dead or you know these big mainstream uh, hits, and they they were kind of notorious for doing low rent kind of stuff. You know, if it was internally produced for a cable a cable network, so I can kind of understand your your, your basic premise of eh, this seems a little. Not as good. Uh, yeah, it wasn't as good. And it wasn't till a few years later, I was in a bar with people from work. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a Friday's, because Friday's used to have the TVs at the booths and stuff. Right. And I was drinking like a Tom Collins. Uh, and I looked over. and I, I love that you're an old man. I know. You're just an old. <laughs> I wanted a fruity. A, I wanted a nice drink. Uh, so I was drinking a Tom Collins. <laughs> not a Harvey Wallbanger. I'm not paying attention to what anybody is saying to me i am looking through like this dog this uh like son and mother eating Mm -hmm. because they had the task force x episode on and i without any sound just watched the entire episode (laughs) and like people would talk to me like i'm not paying attention to you and then would just continue (laughs) to focus on this cartoon and that's when i found out about justice league unlimited and i was like Guys, there's a great cartoon, and they're doing a great thing here. 
And Paul was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been great for a while. The Yeah, it's uh, something that I used to watch on uh, Cartoon Network as it was airing. And uh, it took until it hit Netflix, really, for me to catch it all. You know, because th- that period of my life was college and everything else, and it was really difficult to keep up on things. You were um, hanging out with Chris and John all the time. Yeah. So we have a lot of hero clicks. A lot of hero clicks to play, guys. Oh, we gotta bust them out in these days. <laughs> I got so much plastic just sitting up there melting up in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> just I took mine out of my trunk. <laughs> uh and what was great is with Unlimited, they got away from the oh, we gotta tell stories with just the, you know core core group of five heroes. They were able to introduce Basically everyone, you know, who thought that we had a, have a uh, episode, you know, solely based around the huntress and the question, like the huntress and the question. Yeah. And it was well, some of the best cartoons that we've gotten. Even like Shining Knight and different mm-hmm. characters like that. They all had their moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the General Isling one where uh, Stargirl, the... It's like Shining the Knight. Yeah. Members of the Justice League have to go to a like community parade. <laughs> and the general attacks trying to because he's upset with Superman. He wants to beat him. I love that general Eilings on the Flash. At least in the first season. Yeah. Can't wait until he becomes a general. Um so I have uh I yeah, have but- I have our list open right now, so let's just start at the start of this list. Okay. And we'll talk about each episode. And then at the yeah, end of even it, though I think we were going for like our top ten, but I don't know if we actually had ten or if it's like in any kind of order. I think we we have one, we have six. two, three, four, yeah, five, six. We have six. So why don't we talk about each one of them and then we'll put them in a specific order. Yeah, we'll power end. rank it yeah, afterwards. Uh, and if there's something that we forgot to mention, like that parade episode, which is pretty good because it has Stargirl in it. Uh, we can mention it. <laughs> so we'll start with the greatest story never told. Mm-hmm. And this is Batman and Wonder Woman showing up at uh, Superman's lair for his birthday. Nope. 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 This is the... Uh, oh my gosh, no. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I said that, but I was looking at for the man who has, has everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot John. <laughs> Because the greatest story never told is actually my favorite. Yeah, it's one. The, the, we put this one on the list for you. This is a Booster Gold episode. This is a Booster Gold episode. This is the one where they're fighting like the biggest villain. Every Justice League member is there. It's more true. And they're putting um, Elongated Man and Booster Girl Gold just on crowd control. Mm-hmm. And uh, anytime something happens, and Booster Gold tries to do something else, like they're just like, "Hey, get back on crowd control." Mm-hmm. But he ends up really saving the day in this and having those moments that you do expect from Booster when he realizes that he's not as big as in and great of a superhero mm-hmm. as he thinks he is. And then just does something human and proves self, self, yeah. selfless and then proves himself as a superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I love about this episode is basically all of the big action is taking place off camera. Like you don't see a lot of this huge knockdown drag out battle that the Justice League's all engaged in. You're seeing everything from Booster Gold's point of view. And that was also an idea that was 
kind of chase on one of my favorite episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, called The Zeppo, where the apocalypse is happening and everyone wants to keep the side character Xander safe so they don't allow him in on the circle. But while he's doing that, he has his own thing happening where like these guys at the high school are trying to raise this demon. He kind of just gets shuffled alongside of them mm-hmm. and he's constantly trying to like let people know what's happening but everyone's like no like keep away like we're trying to keep you safe and he's got this whole other adventure happening so it's kind of what made me like this episode so much because mm-hmm. i'm a huge buffy the vampire slayer fan and seeing the same kind of thing carry through to this cartoon is awesome and what better character than booster gold who is his own biggest fan. <laughs> Other than that, uh, have a place on the sidelines. Yeah, and uh, what Booster Gold actually is doing while also, you know, doing the crowd control bit is there's a black hole generator that somehow got swallowed up into a scientist. So now the scientist is this living black hole that is actually swallowing up the city as he's just trying to get away from everybody, and um. They do some really clever things to not show horrific violence <laughs> in this episode because uh, there's the paramedics that get swallowed up whole by this black hole that you don't see because it happens behind the ambulance and you just hear him say, oh, sorry, and like they're like a uh, gear like falling on the ground. So you don't see humans get sucked up until the very end with Booster Gold, but he gets saved. Uh, Sidebar, and, I don't know why this dude's just, like, wandering around the city <clears throat> when he knows he has a black hole, like, spinning in his chest. He's trying to walk out of the city. He's, he's tr- doing a lot more damage. Than yeah. He's just, like, Cause he, right Because at. where he was was up, like, in the woods. <laughs> like, it was up above the town. Yeah, you know, there's some logic. Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes scientists are very smart he's, in he's their panicking. area. He's panicking. And, yeah, lack for common sense. Uh... And we get the very, you get con- attached to Skeets, uh, the same voice actor that does, uh, Fry. Billy from, West. Billy West. Billy West, yeah. From, uh, Futurama. And. He does so many voices. There's some great heartfelt moments between him and Booster Gold, especially when Booster thinks he loses Skeets. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end when they're reconnected. So good. So good. Uh, I think, I mean, everything with Booster Gold in this is, is great. But one of my favorite moments is, cause yes, all the Justice League members are fighting Mordrew. And there's a moment where, uh, Superman slash Batman, it's the uh-huh. split of Superman and Batman. They've been merged together, land next to him. They turn and look at him, they be like, get back on crowd control. And then they fly away uh-huh. back into the fight. And I love that moment. Just like, <laughs> split but they're still yelling at him <laughs> and they also have one woman's voice yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's right uh and this is fun because i can't imagine how pitching this episode to someone in any seat of power at the network would have gone we're just like well we need the money for this episode where you don't actually see any of the good. big stuff happening it's basically all just following a schlub character <laughs> now like can we sell action figures off of this Probably not. Uh, the Superman-Batman split <laughs> action figure, you totally will. And that was something, I mean, that's from back from the mm-hmm. comic books. That's, yeah, Silver Age, you kind of... Yeah, the composite Superman-Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one, but, it it has a lot of fun, it has a lot of heart, mm-hmm. and um, it's really interesting, the 
level of actors they got for the characters. Like some of them aren't like big actors, but like um, I don't know. isn't it? Uh, oh, what's his name? I have no idea, guys. Doing blinking. I don't know the actors' names at all or voices. Like I didn't know that was his name, Billy West. I all I know to hey, hey, it's Fry from Futurama, doing the voice of uh, Skeets. Doing the voice like, of yeah, crazy. Someone does the name of Booster Gold, and he's like a well-known actor. Yeah, I'm looking remember. it up right now. I need to look it up, don't I? Okay. Yeah, it's Tom uh, Everett Scott. I don't know how I forgot his name. I love that thing you do. Right. And that's um, yeah, it's a great one. The voice, the voice caliber acting they got for the show was great. <laughs> they did do a great job with those extra characters versus like. Just Con- having the same- Conroy on Batman, because there is no other Batman voice. They do that, but then again, they do rehash, like, the guy that does the voice of the Flash is also the voice of uh, one of the agents on Tex Horsax that I'm now forgetting. Yeah, everybody everybody on that show did multiple voices. Yeah, so sometimes they bring in a lot of these big-name characters, and sometimes it's like, wait, isn't that? Yeah, it is. So... Uh, Deadshot. This <laughs> voice as a flash and Deadshot, which is kind of funny. Uh, what's the next episode we got, Chris? You want to introduce uh, the one where next, the the one that John was talking about before? Exactly. Because uh, the next one is for the man who has everything, where Wonder Woman and Batman go to visit Superman on his birthday, and they find him some subdued in the Fortress of Solitude with a strange plant on his just um and while they deal with the threat that placed it there we get uh cuts to superman who's living out his life's dream as he's in like a trance-like state um this is spinning out of a very famous actually alan moore written story in, by the same time i say it was like adventures of superman i don't remember i can look it up as you keep talking about it yeah i don't remember the actual comic book but uh Basically where the exact same thing happens, and it's all there just to take Superman off the table. Uh, a very fun episode. Uh, probably not my favorite on this list. I like the episodes that are a little bit more, like, nudge in the ribs kind of stuff, but uh, still a great standout episode, because you always view Superman as the ultimate hero, but in his dream life, it's he's fairly self-centered. Like, everything's all about him. Well, this is his birthday, Chris. He didn't want to party. His birthday. And, you know, he's a good, nice father. He's teaching his son, uh, re- responsibility about cleaning up after the dog. And his he's wife just, fits the LL thing that he has. Yeah. And it's definitely look, she seems like a cross between Lana Lang and Lois Lane because she's works as a social light reporter. So she's not covering the greatest news that would actually put her in any kind of danger. But, but she also has red hair. Like Lana Lang, so she's like a weird uh, composite. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this was actually Alan Moore and uh, David Gibson's or Gibbons uh, annual Superman annual number eleven from nineteen eighty five. Thank you. I had it right here, and uh, it's collected in the works of DC Universe: The Stories of Alan Moore. And uh, after I just said all that thing about great voice casting. Eric Roberts is Mongrel in this, which I could not tell. I did not you have, pick that you up. I love Eric Roberts. Oh, though. my gosh. What's he in? He's ultimately, like, your favorite actor ever. Who is he? 
You're okay, Paul. Okay. You don't need to know. He does a good draw. He sounds like Mongrel, though. Like, a little bit of a, a gravelness to him. He's like, what do you think he's dreaming about? This whole world kneeling before him? You know? Yeah. Just, he's just a farmer. Yeah, yeah. He's just dreaming about being a farmer. A robot farmer, too. So he doesn't even go out and work the fields. He just, like, manages robots. <laughs> like, that are... That are farming for him. It's uh, and goes visits his dad, who's kind of crazy, you know, you know yeah, predicting a, the end yeah. of the world. And uh, but he has that moment when he realizes that he's got to leave it all behind, oh, and he tells his son, "Like Van, I don't think you're real. I love you. You'll always mean something to me, but yeah, you're not real. None of this is real. Oh, that is heart wrenching, right?" I like this episode a little bit more than the comic book because we get to see Batman with the Black Mercy on him, where it's just Thomas Wayne just kicking the crud out of that, out of uh, Joe Chill or whoever you want to believe is the person that uh, robs his family in the back alley, which is kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. If Batman was to go, re- you know, have a perfect memory have something like have his life change in a completely different way that would be it just his parents not dying that's all he wants yeah or does he because it has that bit of a turn well he realized batman already knew what the black mercy did yeah so he he kind of breaks himself out of it real quick and Wonder Woman has some really cool badass moments in this episode too, where she's like, uh, Mongol brings her out and it's like, oh, you know, she was so easily defeated. And he's like, no, it's called playing possum. And then she get, just kicks the crud out of Mongol for a little bit. Yeah. It, it's a good episode. It's fun. It was one of the last ones that I watched and I enjoyed. It was an episode that came free on the Xbox 360 for a while. It really? was like preloaded on the hard drives. Interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was for like for one of the early, one of the early, earlier releases, the Xbox 360. It was like, Hey, did you know you could also play videos on here? Here's one for free. Remember Windows 95 came free with uh, the Weezer Buddy Holly music video? No. Yes. That happened. No, I mean, I know I don't remember it. Oh, but you <laughs> knew that happened, right? No. no. Okay. Well, Microsoft has had a long history of including uh, free videos. So yeah, you could watch Buddy Holly. Uh, it was in. A, it was like one of the demo videos. Really, I feel like I had Windows ninety five, and I never saw that on anything. Well, you had to find it. You had to look kind of. You had to load up Windows Media Player before you loaded up any other videos, and they would be oh, in the I, library. Windows Media Player is the worst. Yeah. People were, were using WinApp as soon as they got Windows 95. <laughs> so, um, yeah. or Realtek. What was their real one? Uh, real audio player? Anyways. Yeah, that was a... I am going sideways all over the place. Yeah. That's okay. I uh, really... actually introduce the next episode that we have on our list. The other one thing I wanted to mention for Man Who Has Everything, really cool seeing the Fortress of Solitude in that universe. I think it's, I think this Justice League Unlimited had probably the best out of, because Smallville's sucked. <laughs> I liked having the menagerie and everything. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, double date. Double date. 
is really it's a huntress and uh this is actually comes after the cat and the canary uh this this is when green arrow and black canary are kind of working more together uh kind of have a relationship kind of maybe dating on and off and they're hired by the or told by the justice league that they have to protect uh the white is his is his name uh, Morbius the white whale or just the whale? No, um, it's actually it's not uh, Tobias the whale. It's Steve Mandragora. Oh, like they, they changed the character. Oh, okay. Though, but it is like, the whale is a established comic book villain who looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And he eats oysters and everything, and he's just there like egging them on. He's a mobster that uh, coincidentally uh, was the person that killed. Was the enforcer that killed uh, the huntress's, huntress's father, who and was Tony Montana, who looks a lot like Scarface in the series. Uh, uh, also, fun fun fact: ahead. this episode was actually written by Gail Simone. That is a fun fact. I really like that fun fact. And uh, we got the question: uh, the huntress basically gets kicked out of the Justice League for going too far. Uh, while trying to... She didn't try to murder, murder. this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she goes to the question for help. And the question is like, sure, I'll help you. And you always get a sense that he's playing at something and leading things to the ultimate end. And that's why I really like this episode, because it's definitely the question, like being two steps ahead of everybody else and leading everybody to where he already is. He's like already halfway out the mountain. He's like, no, turn around here, go up here, you meet me here, and then you'll understand exactly why you went this way. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, he's voiced by Jeffrey Combs, who is known for uh, Reanimator, also the crazy FBI agent in The Frighteners. Okay, yeah. I got The I Frighteners. I've seen The Frighteners in so long. I need to go back to that movie, too. It's a good movie. It is fun. I like the partners. <laughs> then that thing you do. My, my target <laughs> shopping list is made. Uh, well, also, um, Huntress is voiced by Amy Acker, who, as a Buffy fan, I know from the show Angel. She played uh, Fred. Uh, what about Black Canary, who is uh, Marina Bakarin from uh, Firefly? Also true. Oh, fro- she's uh, the counselor. Mm-hmm. Counselor? Counselor, right? I always forget what they call yeah, it. Inara. Inara. Yeah. No. Oh, man, I want to go sideways, so I won't. Just this keep going. Is, uh, it is such a good episode. And one, I love the question. Mm-hmm. But the the two, the question and the hundreds together work so well together. And then you have the other couple of Canary and Green Arrow, and they work so well together. Like, just mm-hmm. the characters work well together. And um, it... Really just ties it all together. And then the Huntress does the right thing at the end. And it's, uh. Well, she doesn't want to repeat the mistake yeah. that caused her to seek vengeance. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The right thing in the end. Well, she does, you sla- she does slam him with a whole bunch of eye beams that somehow don't kill this guy. But an arrow piercing, yeah, an arrow would have killed him. It's like, but, a, it's like a diamond edged arrow. Like, <laughs> it would go through his skin. Yeah, being crushed by a bunch of. That wouldn't hurt him. <laughs> I was picking up, like, eye beams and hitting people with it. He's got some strength behind him. Uh huh. He's full of oyster strength. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Uh, sometimes the comic book logic in the cartoon series is like, no, no, no. It, getting shot by a tiny little arrow would have definitely killed this guy, but having a ton of steel dropped on him, fine. It just kind of bruised him. Mm-hmm. Uh, more his ego. More of his ego. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's another fun, great one. Um, and before we get into the next one, if everyone's caught up on that, uh, Paul and I have one more beer that we're having. Yeah, we're halfway through. And this is, uh, one that's been in my cellar for a while. And, uh, this is the double, Stone's Double Bastard in the Rye. This is an ale aged in Templeton Rye whiskey b- barrels. And I don't know what Templeton Rye is, but I want some. Because this is devilishly good. This is really good. They're taking their double bastard and aging it in rye barrels. And it's aged long enough that it is really smooth. Deep molassesy, kind of caramel notes. Reminds me of a bit of a stronger backwoods bastard. Mm-hmm. This like, is 12.7%. That sounds wonderful. My My first sip was like... I may like this better than Backwoods Bastard, and that's one of my favorite beers. Mm-hmm. But the flavor profiles are really there. The only thing that probably keeps Backwoods Bastard in the running for my favorite is Backwoods is a little bit smoother, mm-hmm. and this has a bit of a richness, and like, I f- it's coating my mouth mm-hmm. and just kind of holding there. Like I feel this beer under my tongue, yeah. on the back edges, rounded all over the place. If I had a, a sore throat, this is the beer I'd want to drink, just because I, I think it, that would, beer. It, would, it would clear it all up. Uh, it, it would just kill the infection. Yeah, you 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 could put this on a wound and, and <laughs> save yourself. Uh, it's it's strong. It's got a lot going on. But it is delicious. Yeah, it's exactly. As soon as you said backwoods bastard, I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a flavor profile right there. Uh, it is delicious. It is a big, heavy beer. It's been in the basement since I'm thinking at least March, and uh, well, that, it has uh, it. 2015 edition. You've yeah. had this for a while. Yeah, I, I think they release it the year afterwards. Well, I picked it up in March. It might have been sitting on a store sh- premier store shelf. Or something, but uh, it's only uh, a 500 milliliter bottle, so it's not quite a big bomber. It's just a little over a pint, and the price point was pretty high. So I would get this. I would pick this up and put it back, another one back in the cellar for mm-hmm. another year or two, and yeah, because it, it could definitely. This is something they could definitely age, and mm-hmm. the more time you put on it, the better beer it's going to be. You can, ta- I mean, yeah. you can taste it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the alco- the high alcohols right there, so let this mellow out. Much like we want to see uh, Wildcat mellow out, because man, he's so angry he's in this angry next episode, boy. right, yeah, Chris? I don't, I don't like this episode. Honestly. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. Um, that's when the Cat and the Canary, where um, Black Canary's kind of best superhero friend and trainer Wildcat is involved in a underground superhero slash supervillain fighting league. Mm-hmm. Metabrawl. Metabrawl, that's what it was. And it, this is actually something that was in the uh, 2000s run of JSA, uh, Metabrawl, and uh, Roulette. She was a uh, recurring character. So maybe that's why I like it maybe a little bit more than you guys. Uh, because Wildcat has a certain affinity for me as a JSA character. So him showing up in this 
and not in that weird, oh, I hated that episode of Justice League Unlimited, where they went to, like, that alternate universe, and the JSA were there, and it was all this kid's dream, almost like a Q kind of thing from Star Trek. Hated it. I just loved how flirtatious the cat, uh, Black Canary was with uh, Green Arrow. Yeah, this is where you really get them being introduced to each other, mm-hmm. and, like, their relationship kind of, like, springing out of it. Um, I, th- I like this episode. Um, I know this is one that you love, Paul. Mm-hmm. So when, the, when you can see that the other people really love it, it goes on the list, you know, yeah. it's got that love behind it. It's a fun episode. I love Dennis Franz as Wildcat. I think he's the perfect mm-hmm. voice for it. Um, and it was fun just having those hero, like just brawling superheroes. I love it. I do enjoy that stuff. Mm-hmm. So to see these guys fighting and stuff. Um, well, there's also the episode called Girl Fight, which is, Metabrawl coming back where it's all girls. Uh, ooh. Wow. I honestly uh, don't remember that episode. Uh, but this one is definitely has some really great moments. Uh, you can tell, like, it's that, like, I really like you, so I'm going to go along with everything coming mm-hmm. from Green Arrow. But ultimately, you can keep seeing him getting really pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's angry. He's like, now I see why you brought me along. It wasn't because of my uh, super... Wallet. It wasn't because of my superpowers. It was because of my super-sized wallet or something like that. Yeah. Because he pays their way into the fight. And uh, yeah, I mean, it has it has all those moments to great make a great episode. And I think it is a a good episode. I can see where if you have attachments, to other things that it's going to bring you in more. Yeah. It it just reminded me of an old JSA issue brought yeah. to life on the screen. And also, it, I think it's, if you watch this one first before we, you watch Double Date, I think that relationship plays off better between Canary and Green Arrow. That's, that's why I have it on the list. Much like you kind of have to enjoy a different series to really enjoy the next episode we're talking about. Uh, the next one I think is kind of the one that I championed for the list, mm-hmm. and this is Epilogue. And this is taking place in the future in the Batman Beyond universe. Mm-hmm. And this is Terry McGinnis actually going to Amanda Waller and asking some big questions about his life and just what's what with him and who he is and ultimately like some of Batman's history as well. And this even goes back further into uh, Batman the Animated Series by featuring the Phantasm, the villain from the Mask of the Phantasm original uh, animated film. Mm-hmm. I, I love this episode. Uh, this episode is really good. And what I like, too, is it is... Um, it's not the McGinnis that we have in the animated series. This is him more yeah. grown up, even more into yeah. the mantle. Instead of being 16, this is like a 28, maybe even a 30-year-old yeah. Terry McGinnis. And, and you can see how frail and older Bruce is in this. Uh, but yeah, he he finds out that he is a Wayne. Mm-hmm. And he blames Bruce, that Bruce might have known that Bruce did this. How mm-hmm. did this happen? And he goes in, brutally goes in and uh, confronts mm-hmm. Amanda Waller. Yeah, because not only did they tie in the original Batman the Animated Series, not only did they tie in uh, Batman Beyond, 
they tie in Batman Beyond, the Return of the Joker, uh, directed DVD movie yeah. because they mention, uh, Tim Drake's DNA being written, rewritten by, by the Cat, Joker. Yeah, but in Cadmus. Mm-hmm. And an episode of not Justice League Unlimited, but an episode of a Justice League original series. Uh, so this basically makes that Bruce Timiverse a complete universe. It, it yeah. closes the, uh, the cycle. No. Ah, uh, and Amanda Waller. I just love. <laughs> there's there's some awesome directing in this where it's uh, Terry McGinnis is having a conversation about you know his past being completely shattered and broken by this you know rev- revelation, and Amanda Waller talking about her broken dish, her broken China. teacup. Yeah. yeah, it was original chi- uh, China. It's not that stuff that's now you know has produced in a lab somewhere. This was. And they are just having a co- the conversation that works in concert together, but about completely two different things. <laughs> and, which, uh, which is, I think, one of the hallmarks of what makes these episodes so great. And it shows it, what I, I relate to is it shows Amanda Waller, who was that person who would do anything for her own gain, mm-hmm. and then. The person who would do anything to make sure the right heroes are kind of in place. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, the world needs Batman mm-hmm. and they need somebody who is Batman. You're not the same as him. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have his mind, but you have his heart kind of a thing. Yeah. And, um, just showing her side of what she did and everything. Is great, and that scene with Batman going and sitting with the little girl, yeah, so Ace. 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 yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's it's a little heartfelt, but he says three words, and two of those words are yes. Uh, but he also puts his hand out, and he yeah. awkwardly sits on his cape on the swing. The swing? <laughs> yeah, like I, you need a little flourish. That cape needs to go off of the swing. Yeah, yeah. You're Otherwise, sitting. your neck is going it's to be pulled be, back. Uh, so awkward. Shoulders, Cartoon, yeah. mm-hmm. come on, <laughs> come so on. This this for me is kind of yes one of the perfect culminations of what Justice League Unlimited could be, where it's just telling a story that's taking everything else into account mm-hmm. in the DC animated universe, and not just paying homage to it, but giving weight to it. Because um, so much of like the episodes that they have here might not progress the story forward, might not be part of that overarching like Project Cadmus thing, but they're kind of one and dones. But ultimately, they they kind of just get forgotten. This is one of the ones that matters for me, though. Yeah, it, it definitely has weight. And then you learn that Terry McGinnis is not a clone, but Cadmus did partly rewrite his DNA, so he's 50% Bruce, so he's, he's more of a son of Bruce yeah. Wayne than he originally knew. Well, his, um, Bruce Wayne's DNA overwrote his actual father's. Mm-hmm. So he's his father's son, but he has Wayne DNA. So that also means that Max, his little brother, is also 50%. Yeah, the, the other... Um, that they don't mention in this episode. No. But yeah, I, at that point, since he's younger, he would have had his rewritten genes. Uh, unless, uh, unless it was time delayed or something. Yeah, you know, unless it just worked its way out after so many years. So many <clears throat> sessions. No. 
no, this is probably one of the best episodes. Um, and then going into the last episode we have. Oh, the best episode. Uh, Flash and Substance. <laughs> Come on, this is, up until we got the Flash that's on currently, this was the best rendition of the Flash for a mass audience. Best and truest. Yeah, because this is Wally West the Flash. And he is, uh, I really like, I forgot who said it, but we were at a comic book convention, or I read it somewhere, where they, they described, you know, the big characters and saying, no, Superman flies above us to show us our full potential. Uh, Batman hides in the shadows to protect us from the things that we can't see. Uh, Wonder Woman, you know, fights alongside of us in our hours of most of desperate need where the Flash just runs alongside us, you know. And this, I just love that scene where he's just r- running through the central city and just like saying hi to everybody. Like yeah. the fisherman. He's like, hey, how are they biting today? Hey, how's that new, ac- uh, how that's, how's that arthritis medicine? Like he has he, time for everybody. He has time for everybody in the city and mm-hmm. everybody knows and loves him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it's like, um, it's, it's almost like big. Like you're in this adult world, mm-hmm. but you're also just loving being a kid. Like, oh no, I hooked up the pop machine so you can get a Coke whenever you want. You want mm-hmm. a Coke? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like he has a drawer just full of rings with his costumes in it. You know, he has a cardboard cutout of himself from a bookstore thing. Mm-hmm. And like the rest of his place is just like empty. Yeah. Cause he has no time to be there, but he's like, oh, I got this. He's got a TV. Up. He's got to stand up and he's got a dresser drawer. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's so much fun. And I love the, um, the interaction with him and the trickster. Mm-hmm. Oh, at the is, bar. is the best. But what, what this book, what the book is really about is Batman and Orion, these two like powerhouses mm-hmm. coming into his city to do this. But hey, you don't come into my city and, you know, do your games. We play it <laughs> my way. And it really shows how, how much of a, hero flash is and how much he takes everything uh i want to say he doesn't take it for granted but he is there for everything he witnesses everything he's Mm -hmm. there for every moment as fast as he is and he cares not only for you know the to the citizens of his town he actually cares for the villains too in that interaction with trickster he's like hey james you're off your meds again buddy like his villains are, most of his villains are just not right, and they need help. And he's he's there for in that moment to help the trickster. But I love it's like, hey James, ah, you caught me again. <laughs> he's like, what about your uh, rogue? He's like, hey James, as soon as you're done with your drink, turn yourself in. All right, buddy. He's like, ah, got me again, Flash. <laughs> Voice by Mark Hamill. By Mark Hamill, of course. The trickster from the. Who, who was the trickster in the Flash live action show? And CBS and also the trickster again in, uh, the one on CW. CW. Yeah. So good. All these three shows. It ties it all together. <laughs> it's all the same universe. Uh, also Buffy connection too. Um, Mirror Master is voiced by Alexis Denisoff, who's Wesley Wyndham Price on Angel and, uh, Buffy's Watcher. And Ron, and Ron Perlman as Orion. One <laughs> yeah, Ron, Ron will pretty much do anything, I think, though. Such a... Oh, 
oh, it's just, it's like the one episode if I'm in a bad mood, if I had a bad day, if I feel like I somehow didn't do enough or I missed an opportunity to help somebody out, out, I go and watch The Flash and Substance because, man, if I was, that's what I want to be, you know, when I'm work, when I'm at work or I'm at home and there's a family member that needs help. I want to always be there and, this episode just encap, you know, makes that the Flash is that hero that's always there for you. You know, it's it doesn't get into that kind of silly Superman uh, movie kind of logic where oh, even Superman can't be in two places at once. They don't set the Flash up to fall in that trap. It's just that he's there. He's going to do his best, and he'll come through. Which that's what makes me really like this episode. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It, it is such a good show. And, you know, like I said, for my birthday, I sat down and started just random, randomly watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was more looking for what the episode was about or who was in it. But it's something like, I mean, I could sit down and just super enjoy this show uh, every time. All right. Were you about ready for power rankings? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready, Chris. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. <clears throat> All right. Chris, you ready? Yes. Go. Okay. Um, my number one would have to be epilogue. It's just an awesome, awesome episode. Uh, then probably flash and substance. Yeah. Just for for the fun of it. I love seeing the flash in his element. And we don't get a lot of that in the justice league cartoon itself. So seeing him in, um, central city, like with the flash museum, all of that, like it, it was nice being a fan of that, uh, the Flash comics. Uh, after that, probably greatest story never told. It's just a great, another fun episode. Um, I think I gushed over that one the most when we were recording this. Um, next double date, also one of my tops. Um, if I only had to watch four episodes, it would probably be those ones. Uh, but then to wrap it up, it'd probably be a man who has everything and then final, uh, cat and the canary. <clears throat> For me, I would have to go Flesh and Substance, number one. Then, uh, probably Double Date. Then Epilogue. Uh, then, yeah, Epilogue. Uh, for the man who has everything, the cat and the canary, and then Greatest Story Never Told. Just because I don't have that big of an affinity for Booster Gold, and I have more of an affinity for Wildcat. But you don't need to have a huge affinity for Booster Gold. I, do, you, I really don't, but it's still, like, a fun episode. And he gets the girl at the end. That's awesome. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Flash and Substance, Greatest Story Ever Told, Epilogue, Double Date for the Man Who Has Everything, and Cat and the Canary. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, Chris, you and I, the same top four, just in a different order. Yeah. Uh, so, so great episodes. Yeah, they're all great. And, like, any honorable mentions you have? Uh, I feel like I need to go look at episode list now. Um, I don't remember the title, and Paul has left to go to the bathroom. Uh, but mine is when the Flash and Lex Luthor switch minds. Oh yeah, in the Flash is le- just when like he takes off the mask and he's like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Lex Luthor's in the Flash's body. He's like, Well, now I'll know who the Flash is, and he takes it off. He's like, I have no idea who this guy is. Uh, that was such a classic. Paul, we were talking, uh, the great brain robbery. Great brain robbery. That's a great one. That's uh honorable <laughs> yeah, mention. Watch that one. 
Uh, I didn't. You didn't wash your hands. Yeah. Because I'm a villain. Because <laughs> I'm evil. Uh, that was also a great Flash episode. And did we talk about Task Force X? I know you mentioned it I mentioned in the it. intro to this. Yeah, we didn't actually talk about it. Oh, such a good episode, too. Because it's that behind-the-scenes look at the Justice League Tower and the break-in. It yeah. just works really well. But those would be two great honorable mentions. Um I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain about another one. I'm not. I'm, they're not great, but I do appreciate the once in future thing. Oh yeah. Uh, where they're like they jump through time. I like when they go to the future into the Batman. They, and it's that's what it is. They go to the future and static shocks there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. The one that they the first part where they go back in time and they hang out with Jonah Hex and Batlash and stuff. I'm like, eh. But that second part is good. Yeah, and that first part, like, I, I appreciate it for what it is. I was never a fan of the Western side of the DCU. Um, I like reading Jonah Hex for a while. Um, when it was being written, like, Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti, it was a, it was a fun series. Not my favorite, but, mm-hmm. yeah, but part two is the one that really did it for me, though. I, I, it's a bad episode. It's not, it doesn't really rank up in the top ten. But I do enjoy it because of the uh, love triangle between Zantana, Batman, and Wonder Woman. The one where Cersei turns Wonder Woman into a pig. And Zantana <laughs> and Batman are running after her. That's one after. of those episodes that I don't really watch because it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's a little bit better than the one that they all get turned into kids. Yeah. Uh, but then you, but, but you have a baby, the demon in there. Yeah, the, yeah baby Atrium. Ugh. <laughs> But there's, so there's some of those really kind of cheesy, really kids kind of show, kids kind of show episodes. But I did love, I just, man, Santana and Batman. Like, oh, the, I mean, the, the I, Batman Adventures when yeah. they have that episode is great. It's I just, like probably the greatest. Mm-hmm. The, I know everybody's like Batman, Catwoman, Batman, you know, anybody else, Wonder Woman, but man, Batman, Santana. Like, that's I like the, it too. That's the hookup. I that, agree. That I, I uh, kind of hit more. So, well, and that's all that Bruce Tim stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, like those episodes were great. So many good episodes. So many good episodes. If you have a favorite episode, please find us over on Facebook or email us over at bagdenboard.com. Let us know what your favorite episodes are. And Jonathan Winchester, please find us. And email us your list so we can tell you that you probably won again. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And, uh, yeah, I think. And any other listener, if you have your, you know, let us know how you did on your brackets by putting it on the Facebook post because that's where I'm going to post the, uh, the finalized, uh, movie bracket, bu- summer bracket buster, bracket buster on, uh, put it on the comments of that. Yeah, check out our show notes for this episode and all, not all, but most of the previous ones over at bagboard.com. Uh, see those dramatic reading panels that we so lovingly bring to life. And, uh, join us next time. Is it a look back next time? Really? Are we doing, no, no, we're doing, uh, we're doing no, Amazon. Uh, um, Amazon. We're doing the Amazon, yeah, the Amazon previews. One. Previews. So yeah, 313 will be the, uh, Amazon Pilots. Television episodes, and then 314 would be our August look back. So join us then, listeners.